Well, at least once a semester, we have what we call membership training seminar. And, uh, and notice we didn't say new members. We said membership training because you can be a member of the church for a while, but maybe you've never got to go through membership training. And so what it is, it's not just for new members. It's for anyone who's in the body, and it talks about what we believe and how it all flows and where you can serve. And it, people join all the time. I think the last time we had it, which was not too long ago. We had like 30-something people join, so it's pretty exciting. It's always exciting when people join. When a person becomes a member at Stillwater Bible, we take them through that seminar, and then we give them books, and we talk about spiritual gifts. We give them this handout called Spiritual Gifts Inventory. And there are a lot of different views on spiritual gifts, and there are a number of gifts in the Bible. We, we look at certain ones that are what we call temporary gifts and some that were permanent gifts. And so we look at permanent gifts and we say, what are your gifts? What are the gifts, talents, and abilities that God's given to you? And so as we see that, we, we talk about the connection. And so as we look this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus is the head and we're the body. And we're going to talk about how we work and how we flow. And so uh, let me go back for a second. So I'll remind you, this is where we are. We've seen these, and now we're at he's the head and we're the body. So he's the head of the body. That's, that's a really bit unusual. And you start saying, well, Paul... Paul gets over in 1 Corinthians and he talks about there's the head and there's the body and some of the eyes and some of the ears and some of the toes and all those kind of things. Uh, but we're going to see that there's a progressiveness in this that we've been looking at. Uh-oh. There. Uh, that we've moved from salvation to relationship to new person to worship and now the whole idea of growth. Worship and growth. And so as we think about it, he's the head, we're the body, and the emphasis is going to be service. How we serve, how we are used. And so this morning, we're going to focus on service within the body, and we're going to really hit first with the head, that he's the head and we're the body. And we don't always think about it that way, but I, sometimes I, when I would explain to people who are maybe new Christians or even just looking at things, when you say, well, you know, when you trust in Christ, you're placed in the body of Christ, and he's the head and we're the body. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? How does that fit? And we'll see what the Bible says. Well, the church is the body of Christ. Let me give you... Um, sort of our outline of what we're going to do in these next few few weeks. <clears throat> but Christ is the head, the church is the body. We're going to look at the fact. We're going to actually look at some verses that talk about he's the head and we're the body and how it fits. And then we're going to see how this happens, the union and the growth. And that's, that's all we're going to get this morning. So if we stop a little bit early, that's wonderful. We'll just go to the, the groups. And then we're going to come back to, uh, next week, and we're going to really look at Jesus being the head, the source, the authority, how that ties together with the body. And then we're going to come back and look at the body and the description. And one of the keys that, this is funny, I mean, I've taught this sort of thing a number of times. I've taught, I've taught Ephesians 4 a number of times, but even this time, and I was studying it, and I talked about, unity. I was looking at unity, diversity, and mutuality. I saw it in a different way in Ephesians than I've ever seen it. And so I want you to look at that as well. I think it'll surprise you. You'll go, wow, that, that's in there. It's in there. We don't always see that. So there's some great things. So let's, let's start. As we go through the study, we're going to hit on these five things. The fact, how it happens, the head, the body, and then sort of the summary aspect of and making application. And the fact that he is the head and we're the body. So let's begin with the fact. The fact Christ is the head and the church is the body of Christ. You're in Ephesians, and so I want you to turn to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. You can turn there if you want to. I've got the verses up here. Look what it says. 
And he put all things in subjection under his, I don't that's not going very good. There it goes. Under his feet, talk about Christ, and gave him, Christ, as head over all things to the church, okay? He's the head over all things to the church, which is his what? His body. So Paul writes in Ephesians 1 and says that Christ is the head of the body. Then it says, the fullness of him who fills all in all. He, he, he's, he's God. He does it all. So the church is his body. And so as you look a little further down, he says he's the head of the church. And, that, and that's what you think about. Ephesians 1.22 says, and put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. And then in verse 23, he says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. <clears throat> the head is Christ, the church is his body. So the first thing we realize then is the Bible actually uses this analogy that he's the head and we're the body. And when you start thinking about it, <clears throat> you say, okay, he's the head of the body, and then we're the body. So what, how does that analogy fit? When Paul starts talking, he starts saying, well, some people are fingers, and some people are eyes, and some people are toes, and some people are legs, and some people, and they all have different ministries. And that's, I think, one of the key things. Here's a verse that I think is powerful. It is Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Notice what it says. He also is head of the body, the church, talking about Jesus. It goes on and says, he's at the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. I just wanted to throw this out just for a second, even though it's not exactly what we're talking about. When it talks about the firstborn from the dead, firstborn from the dead means he's the first one to ever come back from the dead. And you may say, but people have been raised from the dead. We're talking about resurrection. A resuscitation is when a person dies and comes back from the dead to die again. And there have been people throughout history that have been raised from the dead and then they die again. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, the first fruits from the dead, the first one to ever come back from the dead, never to die again. So when we start thinking of resurrection, and by the way, <clears throat> resurrection is always of the body. Uh, last Wednesday night, we taught this uh, a little bit in our, in our uh, SBI class. Some people are confused. When they think of resurrection, they think of maybe some spirit floating around. Resurrection is always of a body, a human body. So resurrection. So the first one to ever rise from the dead is Jesus. The second one to ever rise from the dead is going to be the church, the body of Christ. The third who's going to ever rise from the dead will be the Old Testament saints, Daniel chapter 12, 2. And then the last to ever rise from the dead will be every unbeliever who's ever existed. They will be raised from the dead bodily. So there will be resurrection of every human being. You know why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all sin. And when he rose from the grave, he conquered what? All death. Every human being is going to exist forever because death is conquered. That some will live forever with Jesus Christ is called eternal life. Some will be separated from Jesus Christ. It's called the second death. And so I just wanted you to see that. So, but this verse says he's the head of the body. And I just wanted you to put that he's the head of the body. Look at this right here. Colossians 1.24. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I do share on behalf of his body, which is what? Which is the church in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Now that's a kind of a hard one. You know what that's saying? That's saying that we're suffering, and we suffer in the flesh, and he says, I do my share on behalf of his body, which is 
filling up the afflictions which is lacking. In other words, Jesus suffered, and now we're in his body, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to suffer. We live in a fallen world. And so he says, on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Christ only lived for a certain period of time and only suffered for a certain period of time, but now we're going to suffer as his body. That's why when Jesus said, if they... If they believe me, they if they believe me, they believe you. If they hated me, they're gonna hate you. And there's gonna be persecution. We've been very fortunate in our country. We've hardly had any persecution as believers, but it's coming. We've already seen it's happening. Uh, we see it happening, it happens slowly at a time. It doesn't happen all at one time, but we're seeing that it's happening. It's happening, I, when I say slowly, it's not happening slowly much anymore. It's happening faster and faster. And so we're gonna probably suffer as believers. In, in our country. And that's just filling up the suffering which is lacking in Christ's afflictions. And so he talks about the body that way. So here's something that we don't always think about. <clears throat> the church is an organism, not merely an organization. When people talk about the church, they say, oh, the church. And, you know, there's always confusion. And I always think it's funny because people, when people think of church, they think of church in several ways. They think of church as a building. And they'll say, where is your church? And they're meaning where, they're saying this way, where does your church meet, okay? And then some people think of church as an event. Are we having church Sunday? And they think it's a, an event. But church is actually a body. It's an organism. It's made up of believers in the body of Christ. And it's not merely just an organization, because when you start talking about an organization, you say, okay, well, you've got, you've got a pastor, and you've got staff, and you've got this, and in the local body, you've got deacons and elders, and you've got this and this and this. And so it's an organization in that sense. But in reality, it's not an organization. It's an organism. It's made up of believers everywhere. There are local bodies, then there is the whole body of Christ, and then there is the, the universal body of Christ, which is everybody who's ever believed in Christ and placed in the body of Christ. So we see, realize that, that when the church, we talk about the, the Bible describes Jesus as the head overseeing and empowering the church. And here's, a, I think, a great statement here. The church draws its life, its power, its direction from the head, which is Christ, and each believer, as members of the body, has a, in each, every, each believer has a unique and necessary place in service of the body. One of the things that we talk about a lot is how do you get people to be involved in the, church, in the body of Christ? And when I say in the body of Christ, you know, let's say in a local church, how do you get people involved because there are many of you that if I look out, I'd say, I could start saying, well, you do this and you do this. I know you do this. You're involved in this ministry. You're involved in it. And I start pointing and I could say, but how do we get many of the people who are connected in the body, uh, how, do, how, do they, how do they serve? How do they realize that each believer as a member of the body of Christ has a unique and necessary place in service of the body? We're going to see it in the next couple of weeks about the fact that the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body. So just realize, every one of you, using your gifts, talents, and abilities, your unique part causes the body to grow. And if you are not serving using your gifts, talents, and abilities, then the body is not going to grow in the same way that it could. It's just amazing. And, and all of the statistics, I mean, I hate to even bring them up, 
but the statistics show that only about 20% of a local church people actually serve and are involved. Now, I think our church is a little bit different. I think if you looked about people being involved, I think you'd find a much higher percentage than 20%. I think maybe 21, 20, I'm just kidding. I think think it might be higher than that. Think about it, uh, that, that there are many, many believers who are connected with local churches whose only thing they do is make, if, if they do, is to go to the service and leave. So where are their gifts, talents, and abilities being used? How is that body going to be growing? And so I think it's very important that we realize Christ is the head, we're the body, and so that first thing. So here's the second big question that we bring about today is, how does this happen? How do we become the body of Christ? <clears throat> well, most of us know that. And, and the, moment, the moment we believe in Jesus Christ, the moment we trust in him, we are placed in the body of Christ, which is the church. That's why Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Second uh, Corinthians says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Well, how do we get in Christ? And this is a, a confusion for a lot of people. I want to throw a verse up for you right here. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. Now listen to this. Let's look at the verse together. I think it's very important that we do that. He says, for just as the body is one, you got one body, and yet has many parts, hands, fingers, eyes, ears, toes, and so, all the part, this is not, so all the parts of the body, though there are many, are one body. Okay? So he starts off and says, you got a human body, and it's one body but a lot of parts. So also is Christ. You know what he's saying? There's one body of Christ, but there are many members in that body of Christ. And they all have different gifts, talents, and abilities. Now, how do we get in there? Look what he says. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And then he goes, whether it's Jew or Greek or slave or free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. Now, a lot of people get confused. This is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the spirit, the word baptize means to be in union with or identify with. It actually, the word baptizo, the Greek word baptizo means to dip or to identify. In the Old Testament, or I mean in the, in the language of, the, of Greek, when you take baptize something, you would take, it started with a, a person uh, baptizing a cloth. He might take a white cloth and he'd dip it down into red or something and it comes up red. It has now been baptized. It is now identified with the red. That's what the word originally meant, to dip or to identify. It later on began to mean the idea of a union or a connection. And so the truth is this, the moment we believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit actually baptizes us into Jesus Christ. Notice what it says, by one spirit we were all baptized, identified in union, placed in union into one body. What body? The body of what? Christ. So the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you're actually placed in the body of Christ. So when people, historically, the last uh, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, when people say the the, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, they think it has something to do with spiritual gifts, especially in speaking in tongues or some kind of sign gifts. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit places believers into the body of Christ the moment they believe. That's what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And so he, he describes it for us. He says, there's one body, and you got a lot of parts, and so is the body. Well, so is Christ. For there's by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all identified into one body. That is the body of Christ. And he says, so basically one body, many members. And he has placed us in there. 
Believers are placed in the body of Christ. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so just remember that. There are going to be people who will talk to you and they'll say, were you baptized by the Spirit? And you'll say, you mean the moment I believed was I placed in Christ? Yes. They mean something else. But the Bible is very clear about that. And, and let, me, let me show you this. this. You'll love this verse. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. To every one of us in this room who know Christ, we are individual members of the body of Christ. So here's a question. What do you do? What's your function? If you're in the body of Christ, and what, what is your function? I mean, what do you do? It's going to go back to what your gifts are. If you got the gift of helps, you help everything. If you got the uh, leadership, you're going to lead. If you got the gift of mercy, you're going to show mercy. If you got the gift of giving, you're going to give. If you got the gift of teaching, you're going to teach. It's just whatever the gifts are. So, what are your gifts, and where are you? Since you're individually members of the body of Christ, then what are you doing? Where are you serving? And there's all kind of places, all kind of places. Now, I want to show you this. Let me just look here. We've got just a little bit more to go. But I want to show you this. It's the living body put together by Christ. That's what we are. Now, watch this. This is the Ephesians passage that we all love. A uh, bunch of the guys, we memorized this on Thursday morning. And, uh, boy, I mean, when we get to this one section, we actually start with, what is it, Adam? 4, 11 through 16. So we all have to say Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And we're all scared when we get ready to do it because there's so much there. That's just two verses. See, we got 11, 12, 13, 14, then 15, then 16. Adam just, he burned it up. Listen, the other day, he just went, just right through it. He's amazing. He's amazing. So, but look at this. Look what this says. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all, spec, uh, all aspects into him. What, into him? What do you mean into him? Into him in the what? In the body. Because he is the what? He's the head. That is Christ. From whom the whole what? Body is fitted and held together. Okay. So he's the head, we're the body, and we're each part that is fitted and held together by which every joint supplies. And now watch this. According to the proper working of each individual part. Who's that? That's us. What's your part? The body is, look at what he says. We're supposed to speak the truth and we're to grow up in all aspects unto him, we're to mature, who's the head Christ, we're to be like Jesus Christ. The whole body is fitted and held together, by which every joint supplies, he's using it like we're all one big body, according to the proper working of each individual part. What if some of the individual parts aren't working? What happens to the body? It doesn't grow very well. I mean, it just doesn't. And he says, if, when everybody's working, according to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And in this flow of the passage, he's not talking about numerical growth. He's talking about spiritual growth. He's saying when we all use our gifts, talents, and abilities and serve, the body grows spiritually. There are other places where he talks about growing and and having people, you know, trust Christ and the body grows that way. But this is talking about spiritual growth. 
And that's why the passage actually begins, he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers, for the equipment of the saints to do the work of the ministry, to the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. And he goes on and on and on. And we're going to see, even in this passage, that unity and that diversity and that mutuality. Those three things that I showed you earlier, we're going to see that as we go through this. It is so much. So the whole body, the whole body is supplying one another. That means your gifts help me, and my gifts help you, and we help each other grow. <clears throat> That's why in a local church, many people think, many people have come, and they, they go to church, and they think that the, the ministry is done by, first of all, by the people they pay. You have three, four, five people on staff, so you pay them, and they do ministry. And then there's a few others that you don't pay, but they're kind of involved, and, and then the rest of us kind of just come and go, and it's wrong. Every believer Every believer is involved in supplying one another. And so how this union with Christ, the organism grows. He is the head. Each of us is needed. Christ is the head. We are the body. So we just got started today, and we'll see more. But let me give you some applications. And, and, and think about this. Let, let's understand that by faith in Jesus Christ, we are placed in the body of Christ, which is the church. That's how you become in the body of Christ. And what's that called? What's that called when we're placed in the body of Christ? What is it? The baptism of the what? Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to say it. You're not charismatic if you say it. Okay? You're afraid. I don't want to say baptism of the Holy Spirit because everybody think, uh, no, no, that's exactly what the Bible says. He identifies us in the body, every one of us. So we become members of the body with gifts, talents, and abilities. Second, let's come under the authority of Christ who is our head. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. We're members, and we're under that authority. That's the key. And then the third thing, let's realize that every believer is vital in the body of Christ. wonder why. Why do you think that most believers don't believe that, that they're vital? What do you think? Okay, poor self-image. What did you say? Huh? Because they have to get involved. Okay, so they have. To, yeah, so they have to actually get involved before they think that they realize they're they're needed. I mean, it's so amazing when you think about it that you could talk to a person. I mean, I've talked to people, and they'll say it doesn't matter whether I come. And I go, really? So, like, if if this finger, if this thumb doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You can't pick up anything. Can't do anything. I got something in my eye right before the first service, and, I, and I'm going, oh, golly. Uh, that little, little bitty whatever it was, I got it out. Um, sure did affect me for about five minutes. Last week, I couldn't talk. That affected me a lot. It, it really bothered me a lot. So is every part of the body needed? So every one of us figure out what we're supposed to do. And by the way, most of you, many of you in this room, as I look around, you're just, you're eating it up. You're doing so good. So may we all do that.